We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. All right, so we're in our series, I Want to Believe But, and today we'll tackle part three of the series. But next Sunday, we will conclude this series with a message that I've titled Heartless God. Someone say Heartless God. Everyone knows someone, and may, you may be here today and feel this way, but everyone knows someone who says, I want to believe in God, but how can I believe in a God that doesn't seem to care? How can I believe in a God uh, that let, allows so many tragedies and senseless acts of violence happen with innocent people and children? It's hard to believe in a God like that. So that's next week. But today I want to dive into our message, and I've entitled this, Goosebump God. Say that with me. Goosebump God. And this is the person, maybe you're here, maybe you're listening, but this is the person that you want to believe in God, but you say, I just don't feel him. I just don't feel God. How do I I believe in a God that I cannot feel, that I cannot see, that I cannot hear? And some would say, you know, I, I read my Bible and I read scriptures, but nothing happens. I just don't get anything out of it. Uh, They say, I pray, but uh, I don't feel nothing. I don't feel like God hears my prayers. Some may say, I try to worship. I try to lift my hands like the person next to me, and I lift my hands, and I look over, and I see them weeping and crying, and I see something happening, but nothing happens to me. I just feel numb. I just, I, I, I don't feel anything. Some would say, well, I threw $10 in the offering, but nothing happened to my money. It's still funny. Come on, somebody. You know when your money's funny? Uh, nothing happened. I, I, I want to believe in God, but, but I just don't feel him. And then we have the opposite extreme to that individual. And this is the person that feels God in everything. They put their toast down, their toast pops up, and they see the face of Jesus. Burnt toast Jesus. They go to the mall and they, they say, they, they, they pray for, for parking spots and deals, and I'm all for that. And, 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 and they say, the Lord led me to park by this Honda, because the Bible says we should all be in one accord. Some of you get that on the way home. They, 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 they go get an outfit, and they're getting ready to go to work, and they say God told them, change your outfit, put purple outfit on, because that means you're royalty. So they put a purple outfit on. I mean, every time you talk to them, it's like God said, God said, God said, God said. And I'm all for God speaking, and he speaks to us all in different ways, but I think there's some people that are kind of overboard with it. Have you ever met that person? Are you, if you're sitting by them, just don't point, just don't point. But, but, but we've all encountered these people where God seems to tell them what to eat every day, right? Just eat. Just eat, folks. Okay, well, I need the Ezekiel bread. Okay, if you need the Ezekiel bread with the scripture on the side of it, fine. But I, I, I want the wonder bread. Come on, somebody. Because my God is a wonder. Okay, anyway. And, and I think what happens, we can be so spiritually minded that sometimes we're no earthly good. And if you walk around in the spirit realm 24-7, eventually you're going to run into something. 
You're going to run into something. Something in the natural. You're going to, anyway, some of you didn't get that. It's okay. So we have, the, we have the exact opposite here. We have the people who are like, I don't feel God. Then the people feel God in everything. Everything. They're like, oh, the glory's falling right now when you're preaching. No, that's the haze machine. It's not, it's not the glory. It's not the glory. Can the glory fall? Yes, it can. Can God speak to you through toast? I don't know. He may. I don't know how he speaks, but I just know that sometimes we, we read into things and sometimes we're so spiritually minded that, that we freak people out. And people who aren't Christ followers don't get that, that God told you to change your outfit. I don't really think God cares what you wear as long as you're covered up. Come on, summer's coming. Come on now. Keep the goods covered, ladies. Moving right along. I think if we're honest in here, that we would say, there's times when I've been in church and I didn't even feel or hear God. Right? But there's also times when I've been in church and I felt his presence. How many know that's a good feeling? Come on. That's a good feeling when you feel God's presence. I mean, we were just singing that song and you know, I really didn't feel anything, just to be honest, until Joel sang that one part, everything that he has promised will come to pass, and something hit my spirit, and I shouted. Did it make you nervous? <laughs> I shouted real loud because I said, man, there's some things that God has promised me that I haven't seen yet, and I'm shouting because I'm about to see him. Come on now. And I felt something. But then on the wave of that emotion, the next wave was, oh my gosh, what do I have to say to these people today? Just being honest, I'm freaked out. So, some Sundays I'm confident in the message God's given me. Other Sundays I'm not. Other Sundays I'm like, God, you've got to show up. Because this white boy don't know what he's doing up here. You've got to speak through me. And so there's times when we come into church and we feel the presence of God. And then there's times that we don't feel the presence of God. Does that mean God's not here? Huh? Just posing some questions here as we unpack this message. What I want to tell you today is this, that the presence of God is so much bigger than our feelings. See, see, some of you are, the song used to say, hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling. Don't make me sing and write an album right here. I'll do that. Hooked on a feeling. And, 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 and so, so, so we, we, can, we can get hooked on a feeling, but God is much bigger. And here, here's the important thought today that we're going to rally around, and it's this. If you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone. You're not alone. If you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone. And the Bible is full of stories, and the Bible is full of individuals, men and women, who did great things for God one moment. They're on the mountaintop experience, but the next moment they're in the valley saying, God, where are you? I don't feel you here. I mean, David, he was anointed king. I mean, David, he was used by God to take out Goliath. But then the next moment, David's saying in Psalms 88, but I cried to you for help, Lord, in the morning. My prayer comes before you. I'm praying, God. I'm seeking you. But why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Have you ever felt that way? Oh, come on. Let's be real up in here. Have you ever felt that way? I've felt that way. Moments where I'm like, God, where are you? Where are you, God? 
I mean, Paul, he, he got the commission. He went from killing Christians. And then God saved him. God radically changed his life. But then there was a period before he was called into the ministry. There was a period before he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You know how long that period was from the time Paul was riding on his donkey, got knocked off, his eyes were blind, that whole story, he became a Christ follower. You know how long the period was before, from that time until he began to pastor and write two-thirds of the New Testament? 17 years. I'm sure Paul was like, hey, I know I killed Christians, but hey, Give me a break. I'm serving you now, Jesus. Give me an opportunity. I, I want to feel you. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God on the cross. I mean, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I, I feel empty. I feel lost. Where, where, where are you, God? Elijah, the great prophet, he called down fire one moment. The next moment, he's running from Jezebel, and he's freaking out, saying, God, I don't, I don't see you. I don't feel you in the wind. I don't feel you. Where are you, God? Where are you? But what we see in the story is God was with him all along. He just didn't show up in the way Elijah perceived he should have showed up. And see, what you need to understand, God doesn't always show up in the way you think he's always showed up in the past. Because Elijah thought God's going to be in the, in, the, in, the, in the fire. God's going to be in the earthquake. God's going to be in the wind. But the Bible says that God was in the whisper. What does that tell us? That God was close to him the whole time. He was so close to Elijah that all he had to do was whisper. That'll preach right there. That's for somebody today. God's closer than you think. Just because you don't feel him, God is there. I feel this today. I feel it. I know we're not moved by feel. Come on. I feel it, though. I feel it. I feel good all under. Come on, somebody. So if you don't always feel the presence of God, you're not alone. You're not alone, church. You're not alone. We all go through seasons when we don't feel God. I'll go through seasons when we see other people and we're like, man, I want that, but I, how do I get that? And I think if we were to just be very honest, there's a few reasons why we don't feel God's presence. Maybe some things in our life that we can shift. Maybe some, some principles that we can apply to our life so that we can experience his presence in our life. The first reason why we don't always feel God is maybe we are over-sensationalizing it. Maybe we are over-sensationalizing it. Jesus was approached by his disciples when they had experienced Jesus performing these miracles. And they asked Jesus this in John chapter 6, verse 30. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? What are you going to do, Jesus? We, we, we need a sign. We need to feel something. If we're going to be your followers, then we need to know how to do these miracles too. And what sign can you give us? Sometimes we look for signs. And sometimes we're over-sensationalizing it, right? Sometimes, sometimes we're hooked on that feeling. And, 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 and we, we, we do Christian things, right? We're like, God, give me a sign. And we open the Bible. Who's got a Bible? Does anybody have a physical Bible? Nobody. We all have our iPhones. And <laughs> Praise God. Bring it up here. Bring it up here. Come on, brother. Brother Dan, come on. Look at this. So we go like this. We say, God, I believe because I'm single and I'm ready to mingle that I'm going to go to Fuel Church today and my husband is going to be there. And so we say, show me, Lord. And we do the point test. 
we point to a scripture, and it says, Thou shalt find your stud next to the pillar. So there's one, two, three, seven pillars here. So we're coming into church looking by the pillar. Now, if you're a male and you're single and you're by a pillar right now, <laughs> I'm making this up. Right? And then the, you, we, we, we can over-sensationalize it. God, give me a sign. Who, who, who is he? Who is she? God, God, give me a sign. I'll tell you, ladies, a sign. I'll tell you a sign. Does he have a J-O-B, first sign? Oh, snap, he went there. Second sign, does he love God with all his heart? Yeah, that's the signs you need to be looking for. Not does he drive a Corvette, does he have a fancy car, does he have bulging muscles? Come on, somebody. Does he have a job, number one? (laughs) Maybe you do that and you go to the scripture that says, if a man don't work, a man don't eat. Oh, snap. We're already there. So we over-sensationalize it. We want a sign. We want an angel to appear to us after we pray. And I'm, I, listen to me, listen to me. I'm not saying, some, some people have angels appear. I've never ha- experienced that. And I'm not discounting that. Maybe that happens to some people. I'm just telling you the way I hear God, the, the number one way I hear God is through his word. It's not an angel. It's not a bird, a hummingbird hitting my window and then, me saying the wind of the spirit blew him in and gave me a sign or something. It's not my burnt toast that looks like Jesus. It's his word. God speaks to us through his word. God, number two reason how I hear from God is God speaks to me through spiritual voices that I allow in my life. Number two. Number two reason. And the number three reason, some of you like, some of you like tripping out right now. The number three reason is God speaks to me with an inner peace inner peace. See, some of you are over and sensationalizing it. And you always want a sign because maybe you were raised that way. Maybe, maybe someone told you, you always need a sign. Look, look for a sign. God's going to give you a sign. And he will, but not that way. He speaks through his word. He speaks through others. And he speaks through that inner peace. Inner peace. Someone say inner peace. I'm not saying that God doesn't appear in this way. He can appear that way to you. But what I'm saying is we can get hooked on that sign and we can miss what God is saying to us. There have been moments in my walk with God that I didn't feel anything. There was a moment in my life when Benny Hinn laid hands on me personally. Not on the stage, but in the back when I was at Faith Fellowship. He came for a healing crusade. I was struggling in my back. My pastor said, hey, I want Benny Hinn to lay hands on you. And he laid hands on me three times. I fell out in the spirit, got up, laid hands on me again. I fell out in the spirit the second time, laid hands on me again. I fell out the third time. And you know what? I didn't feel nothing. And that may sound crazy to you, but I didn't. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel better. I didn't feel like something anointed, like tingly thing. And this was Benny Hinn. You know Benny Hinn, right? The white suit, right? I remember the first time I fasted. I didn't feel anything but hunger pains. Come on, somebody. All I dreamed about was Krispy Kremes. I, that's it. I'm, I'm, on, I'm being honest. I mean, I'll be honest. This last, uh, we fast every year, 21 days in January, this, this year. We did the fast, and I didn't feel nothing during that three weeks. I was just mad and angry and short with my family. That's it. 
Because when you don't feed me, man, those emotions come out. <laughs> and, and we finished the fast, and I'm like, well, God, cool. What do I do this for? You know, just being honest. And then three weeks after that fast, God showed up in a huge way in our lives. Huh? There have been times I'm up here preaching, and I don't feel anything. The moment I step off the stage, someone comes up to me, and tears running down their face. This message was for me. You were speaking right to me. This is what I went through this week, and you said this. And you, How did you know that? Well, I didn't know. God knew, and he spoke it through me for you. See, God speaks to us through individuals, trusted individuals. Let me emphasize that. Don't let anybody speak into your life because there's some, there's some fruitcake Christians. There's some granola Christians, fruits, nuts, and flakes running around prophesying, I got a word for you. No, you ain't got no word for me. God's got a word for me, 1,166 pages. Don't lay your hands on me. I don't know where your hand's been. Be careful who you let speak in your life. Be careful who you let lay hands on you. You don't know them. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, and I got a few minutes left. Why do you guys do this to me every week? We must understand that our feelings are not the only evidence of the presence of God. Listen, if you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. Come on. If you always felt the presence of God, you wouldn't need faith. And without faith, it is impossible, the Bible says, to please God. So maybe you're over-sensationalizing it. Some may not feel God because of this. Point number two, maybe your heart has hardened. You were close to God at one point. Maybe your heart is hard. Maybe you let some things into your life. Huh? Maybe you let some things into your life. I, Jesus is talking about a scripture in the book of Isaiah, and he says, you will, ever hear, you, you will be, be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and, and, they, and they're closed with their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understanding with their heart and turn, and it would heal them. He said, your heart has become callous. Maybe there's some things in our life. I know there's things in my life at points where I'm like, man, th this shouldn't be here. I rented out a room that I shouldn't have. And I got to write an eviction notice to my heart. And I got to kick that thing out. Right? Come on, somebody. Because, because the number one cause of a hard heart is called sin. I know I just said the cuss word of the day. But sin separates us from God. And we don't feel his presence. And maybe, maybe your heart has become callous by a, an habitual lifestyle of sin that, that you know is wrong, but you become com comfortable with it. And if you continue to let sin rule your life, it's not that God isn't there is that you're blocking the intimacy with God. Broken fellowship has taken place. And then you simply don't feel him. Well, I'm pretty good, Jacob. You know, I, I don't really partake in the top ten sins, so I'm good. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't murder. I don't steal. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't do all those the top ten ones. I, I'm good. But, but... Just when I think I'm good, God reminds me, Jacob, you, you try to create your, your own sin system by categories. I know you don't do this, but I'll talk about me. And we say, here's the major sins, and I'm not doing those. But then over here's the minor sins, 
And if I do those, I'll be okay, though. And so we don't talk about the, the, see, we talk about the outward sins, but the inward stuff that people can't see unless they're close to us, unless they're our husband or our wife, and then they see all the junk, and they don't want to be around us because they see the real us. But church, you don't see it. You don't see the envy. When you go on Facebook and you're envious of someone else's lifestyle, someone else's house, someone else's family, someone else's car, and you got envy, you rented out a room for envy. You don't see the unforgiveness that has rented out a room in your heart. We don't see that, but you're holding a grudge, you're holding bitterness towards someone who hurt you 20, 30 years ago. Oh, we don't see that, but that could harden our heart and keep us from feeling the presence of God. Are you with me, church? Is this okay today? Do you want another message? We'll come next week. We, the gossip, the gossip that, you know, we have rented out. Well, did you see him lifting his hands at Fuel Church? I know they say everybody's welcome, but hmm. I know they say nobody's perfect, but how can he lift his hands after his past and what he's done and who he's been with and what she's done? Huh? The gossip, the gossip that we've rented out. Oh, I didn't mean to get up on your front porch today, but we're already there. So let's have coffee. The spiritual laziness that we rent out. Oh, God, just bless me. I'm just going to sit here. Just bless me, God. Really? Really? Is that where you're at now? Well, this giving thing doesn't work. You know, God didn't bless. Really? Is that where you're at? I think there's a hardness of heart. I think you're not feeling the presence of God like you used to because you rented out a room to somebody who's not supposed to be there. So you need to take your pen, the fuel pen, and write a little eviction notice to that room that's been rented out. And you need to say, you out of here, buddy. There ain't no space for you in this heart. Hmm? Maybe, maybe we're not feeling God's presence due to unconfessed sins in our life that is blocking him from coming in. Hmm? Number three reason why sometimes we don't feel God is because maybe God wants to draw you closer. Let that sink in. Maybe God wants to draw you closer. Uh, we've all heard absence makes the heart grow fonder. We've all heard familiarity brings contempt. What if God draws you out to seek him at a closer relational level? And what if for a season, what if for a season you don't feel him and he feels kind of distance, distant? And what if, what if that desperation begins to draw out desire? And, 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 you know, when you don't eat, guess what? You get hungry. When you don't drink, you get thirsty, right? So God, God in his word is very clear. I want to be pursued. I want to be your first love. And what if God has drawn away because he wants to, he wants to create this gap and this space of desperation that we once had for God in his house? What if, what if he's drawn away so that we would lean in and say, God, I put you first and foremost on the throne of my heart? What if my emptiness makes me ask? What if my desperation makes me seek? What if my hard times draw me closer? What if my suffering leads me to a savior? What if my comfort leads me to the comforter? Come on, somebody. God wants to be close to you. But many times we put other things first, so he kind of just backs off. 
Okay? I'll step back because it's only those who hunger and thirst for righteousness that are filled. So if you're not thirsty, if you're not hungry for my presence, that's okay. I'm here, but I'm stepping back for a moment till you get some things in order and reprioritize your life. I'm here, though. But maybe God's trying to draw us closer and say, you put other things, number one, on the throne of your heart. I've learned this in life. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because God is silent does not mean God is absent. You may hear silence. God is near. Press in. God is near. Reorganize some rooms in your heart. God is near. Stop over-sensationalizing it. Quit saying, I just need a sign from God. You got a sign right here. This is all we need. This word has power. The Bible says it is the sword of the spirit. It's sharper than any two. It's the greatest weapon that we have against the enemy. And 90% of us don't even use it. I've seen some of you got some guns. And I've seen their powerful guns. Some of you are hunters and collect guns. And that's cool. But that gun ain't more powerful than this sword. That can chop devil's heads off. You got to apply the word. The word only works for those who work the word. You can't wait for, well, I'm just waiting Sunday. Come on, Pastor Jay. Bless me. Really? You're going to go six days and let the devil eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner when you could have taken the sword of the spirit yourself and quoted, no weapon formed against me and my family shall prosper. Devil, get out of my marriage. Devil, get out of my finances. Devil, get out of my kids. I speak the word. Take up your weapons and flee my house. You know the only word that works is the word you apply, not the word you hear. See, some of you been saying, well, I heard the word. No, 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 no. It's those who apply the word. It's the Bible says faith without works is dead. I feel like preaching and my time is out. Huh? It's those who take the word and say, if God be true, let every man a liar. If God be true, let every feeling be a liar because feelings are not facts. God is with me, though I may not feel him, though I may be walking through a valley. David said, I'm going through a valley of the shadow of death, but I fear no evil. It's dry. It's empty. But I know my God prepares a table. God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Do you got some enemies? God's preparing a table before you. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. He's preparing a table. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. You got enemies. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. You got enemies. You got, you got haters. You got devils trying to distract you and take you out. Uh, you got secret compartments you've rented out. And today you're going to send an eviction notice to those things. We declare that though we walk through the valley, we will fear no evil. Because our God is bigger. Our God is greater than the giants that are trying to take us out. Our God is greater. Our God is bigger. So we seek you, God. 
We do what Jeremiah said. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found of you. We seek you, God, with our whole heart. And we're going to keep seeking you even if we don't feel you. And even if our neighbor's getting their blessing and getting their touch, and even if our neighbor, even our friends on Facebook are getting their blessings and their increase in their life, we're still going to seek you. We're still going to seek you with our whole heart. Because you said in your word, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God declared it. God declared it. Whether you feel him or not, God declared it. We all love the feeling. I love the feeling. I love the Holy Ghost goosebumps. But God is bigger than the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Because even when you can't feel the goosebumps, God is near. God is there. He's with you. Oh, he said in Hebrews that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the kind of God you serve. People may leave. Friends may leave. Family may God said, I'll never leave you. In your darkest days, I'm right there. Even when you go in the opposite direction of my word and my will, I'm right there with you. Yep. God's in the mess. God's in the sin of our lives. Yep. A very present help, actually in the time of need. David said, if I make my bed next to hell, if my life's so jacked up that I look like hell, God, (laughs) you're going to be right there with me. You're going to be right there with me. So we lift our hands. Come on, as an act of surrender today. God, we give you our hearts. Lord, you said to seek you and that we would find you. You didn't say a time period, but you just said seek you and we're going to find you. So we, we, we make a decision today. That we're going to seek you. We're going to stop over-sensationalizing it. We're, 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 we're going to get rid of some compartments and some areas that have hardened our hearts, God. Father God, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Because we know you want to draw us closer. We know your plan is to draw us closer. So when we feel empty, we pursue you to get filled. When we feel dry, we pursue you to get the refreshing When we feel like our enemies are going to take us out, we pursue you because you said you prepare a table before us. Prepare a table before us. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life change me in Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.